Welcome to It's All About the Questions, where learning to ask the right questions can help you achieve lifelong success. Now, here to help you ask all the right questions is award-winning author, international speaker, and business strategist, Laura Stewart. Good morning, afternoon, and evening, everyone, and welcome, welcome, welcome to the show. Love being here, my favorite time of the week, and this is also one of my favorite times of the year. This is my last show of um, 2020, which is really hard to believe, but it is another year in the can for the show, five years I've been doing this show, and since July, we've been doing it live streaming in addition to podcasts, so I get to be with you guys here live. I love that I get to do that. Um, For anybody that's listening on social media, you can type your comments, your questions in during the chat. And since I started using Restream.io last week, I can now see it as those comments are coming in. So if you have a question for my guest, if you have a question for me, I can bring that question immediately into the interview with my wonderful guests that I get to bring you all year. Reflecting back on this year, for me, what it has been so much is about reflection. It's about being open to change, being open to new perspectives. And I started a conversation with all of you, my listeners, several weeks ago. It's been a recurring theme throughout all the years of my show. But Christine Kane was on my show several weeks ago with her new book, soul-sourced entrepreneur. And it got me really thinking about this whole idea of blending the intuition in with the business acumen. And my guest that I have on the show today, oh my God, I'm so excited to have her on the show. Anne Bruce, Discover True North, a four-week approach to ignite your passion and activate your potential. And I look, this is actually autographed to me in 2013. Anne has just been around forever, and I'm going to bring Anne in right now. So um, Anne, welcome to the show. And I'm so glad that we're finally talking about your book officially on the show, because I think this is the perfect way to exit 2020 and enter 2021 with really understanding this whole idea of There's more to you than just what you do. It all has to connect. So thank you for being on the show. Oh, thank you, Laura. It's so great to be with you. And um, we've known each other a long time. I admire you. I respect your your work and your contribution to all of this. And so it's my honor to be sort of, you know, the the wrap-up for the year and leading into the 2021 time, which is going to be exciting. Yeah, it's for me, this is just so perfect and so great. I mean, Jocelyn uh, Carbonara introduced us. I know. When, <laughs> She's great. I love her. Yeah. When I was writing my book, I'm like, I needed an editor. I fell in love with her. I'm like, can you refer me to somebody? And she's like, Ann Bruce, talk to Ann Bruce. <laughs> and I mean, you've written 25 books, translated into 30 some odd languages. You've appeared on stages around the world. You're a true road warrior. I think, I think you've gotta have traveled close to two million miles yeah that's I you know I haven't added it up but you're probably right I 
I um, desperately miss it. I will tell you that, um, you know, I was sort of built for that and running through airports. I even miss TSA and no one misses TSA, but I do. And uh, yeah, so I, you know, been very fortunate, but you know, and I look now this past year, I've the good fortune of my life has been that I've made so many great connections, like with women like you and others and, and that sustains you when you have people in your life that you admire, that sustains you. Yeah, I mean, we've actually, I think this is the first time we've face-to-faced. I mean, we've talked on the phone way back, traditional phone. We talk on social media pretty consistently. We've, we've chat texted, we've chatted and all of those other things. But I think that's one of the beauties of friendships. They look so different than what they used to look like. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't that amazing? I mean, I remember when you sent me your book and when we, you know, communicated that way, I, I love the intimacy of this type of connection. You get to know the person, maybe you get to know their family, maybe you get to know their, their partner. I mean, it's just, it's another layer. And uh, I think the more layers we can experience with people, um, that is part of discovering True North to me. That's, you know, that's if people know my brand is very much discovering True North and that allows that to happen. Yeah. And I want to, I want to talk about that because, you know, this book has been in my life for this physical copy since 2013. Um, you since I think 2010 or 2011. And the concept of True North, this idea of finding out who you are, finding that, I guess it's a center of that who you are is should be your guiding principle. No matter what things you end up doing, you always come back like the compass reading comes back kind of thing. Can you explain for my listeners so that we have a definition? What you, because I love your definition, by the way. Thank you. What true north is to you and why it's important for people to find it for themselves? Uh, Discovering your true north is really discovering your inner guidance system. And every single person is born with an inner guidance system, Laura. And um, it doesn't matter what, how you're born, where you're born. If you have challenges when you're born, it can be a variety of, a variety of anything. It doesn't matter. Everyone has an inner guidance system. And so we learn to navigate that through our lives. So depending on the individual, um, what happens is, is past the age of five, we tend not to utilize it anymore. And that you, it's full of lots of compasses. So the system or process has all these life compasses, relationships, health, um, you know, personal well-being, whatever it might be, business acumen. And those little compasses with their little needles point us in the oh, um, ge- geography. I mean, where to live, pulling you where to live. And, and we ignore that as we get older. Kids will follow their compasses when they're young and just kind of malleable. But, but as we get past that age of five and 
told to color within the lines, which is like the yeah. thing you can tell a child in school or anywhere else. Um, that's what we do. And then we lose connection with our inner guidance system. I've talked to a lot of people this year, pre-COVID and during COVID. We can't say post-COVID yet. You know, I know at some point we'll be able to say that. And hopefully there won't be another hit of some kind. I, I read a, a little meme the other day that a friend sent me and it said, um, 2020, January 1st, 2021 is the first time we will able to truly be able to say that hindsight is 2020. Ah, because the year yeah. was 2020 prior. Yeah. And people are struggling, right? They, they've lost jobs. They've been forced to look at how they're living, how they're breathing in some cases, what they're doing with their lives in a way that they've never done before because there's not as many distractions in their lives that they're previously were, you know, getting the kids to all the sporting activities, um, you know, going to the office, commuting this, that, going out to dinner, going to party. Those have all stopped for most people. This has been a year of an opportunity. New businesses have been created left and right. I mean, it's amazing. But there's still a lot of people, Anne, I don't know if you're seeing this, but I see so many people who are just lost. They, they don't even know how to find something that brings them joy anymore. Right. And that, and that often can come from a wide variety of reasons. But I, I will often say to people, Laura, um, you know, what do you want? <laughs> That's it. That's the only question. And the response is just sort of a, a stare most people can't answer that question succinctly. They may ramble on about, you know, oh, on my bucket list, I was going to go to New Zealand or whatever. You know, that that's not the, the question is, what is it that you really want? And then who are you? Those seem elementary, but they're really pretty profound if you would if people can answer those questions. So I recommend people take some time to answer the questions. It will help you navigate your true north. And true north is based on obviously the star, the north star, you know, and thousands of years ago, that's how sailors and uh, nomads traveled the land, following a star to get them in the direction they wanted to go. And today that's just as applicable, but we need to be able to answer who am I, you know, and what do I want? And those two questions are quite profound and will guide you if you can answer them. Okay. What if somebody hears that question, those two questions, who am I and what do I want? And they go, no, I have no way to answer that. It's, it's like almost too overwhelming because the questions feel so big. What, what do my listeners do then? when they can't, they can't, they can't even look at that question. Right. That is, a, well, I think your question is fantastic. Um, my recommendation is get still, be quiet, and, and follow the voice within. 
you don't have to have any of these answers. It doesn't have to be profound or, or, or overwhelming for you. If you get quiet, the answer will be provided to you. But we're so busy chatting in our head and with anxiety or distraction uh, that we don't hear the voice. And the voice isn't going to scream at you. It's just going to whisper. But if you get quiet, then I promise you, you will get the answer to those questions and they'll just sort of bubble up. And we know that through science. We know that through practices of all belief systems across the world. Um, people walk labyrinths to get that answer and to get still. Whatever you do, if you meditate, if you pray, if you just sit for a moment, or if you're in the shower, you can just kind of release and think. Take take a walk somewhere safe and, yeah. and think. Yeah, exactly. It's one of those things, you know, that I found with some of my clients that you say to them, okay, just get quiet and listen. And they're like, but how do I know what I'm hearing is true? What do you say to that? I think self-doubt is is a consistent thread for everyone. Um, we, we question ourselves. That's what, I mean, frankly, the self-doubt component of our mentality is what um, keeps people sick, keeps people back, stops people from experiencing loving relationships. Suppose he's not what I thought he was. Suppose she's not the person I expected. Suppose I won't you know, be happy enough, look good enough. I won't, um, I spend all this money on this master's degree and I'm not, you know, I'm not going to enjoy the profession. We, we, we that self-doubt is crippling. And, and I, I do think that all of us have experienced that. It's learning how to, again, navigate around those human behaviors. That's all just, we're all human. We're all going to do things like that. One of my favorite exercises in the book is something you call profile and courage. And I, I noticed this thread throughout the book because I, I reread it in prep for the interview. So it was kind of fun to go back and, and reread the book. Uh, every time I see the words profile and courage together, I think of the John F. Kennedy book yeah. from PT 109 or whatever the boat was that he was on back from World War II the book Profiles and Courage. I mean, I read that in grammar school and it just affected me deeply. Throughout Discover True North, you, you mention that we have more courage and have exhibited more courage throughout our lives than we really truly give ourselves credit for. And I thought that was really unique to a lot of books that are like this, a lot of messages and processes. Why to you is it so important for people to recognize and embrace courage to really truly discover and step in to their true north? That's a brilliant question, Laura. Um, I think, first of all, people don't give themselves enough credit um, that's one thing. Women in particular, 
and there is a yin and a yang with the the male female component of things and women don't give them women are extraordinary and they i mean i am the biggest fan of women and their achievements and um i always have to laugh when a woman says oh you know um I don't work anymore. I'm a stay-at-home mom. And I'm thinking, oh my gosh, it's like Massive work. The, the toughest job on the planet Earth. And uh, and so important because of how you contribute back to this earth through your children. So whether it's men or women, I think we don't give ourselves enough credit. And when you embrace courage, it doesn't mean, you know, people jump to conclusions like, oh, I have to confront a wild lion on a safari face to face. That's not what it's not. What I'm it has to be something that comes from within. Again, your true north. Where does the courage come from? Because when you do that, you what you're really doing is stepping up to your fears and you face your fears and we all have them. Every day we all have fears. Right now, many are fearful of what's going on with COVID and a variety of things and uh, the economy and mental wellness. All of those are very, uh, very understandable. And But when we face the fear, we have a chance to understand and use the tools within us, those compasses within our inner guidance system to move forward. Everything comes down to movement and momentum, which I think I talk about at the beginning of the book. You, you do. You talk about movement and momentum quite a bit in the beginning of the book and and throughout, actually, throughout the, the book. I, I want to talk some more about this courage because you, you, you just said something that triggered another thought in my head. You know, you said facing your fears. And the impression I got through the book, and I remember reading just recently again when I reread it, the whole fear thing. But I got the impression, Anne, that to you and what you wanted your readers to get and my listeners to get is that fear doesn't have to be this massive thing. It can be something as simple. It could be a simple thing of changing a job. Well, that's not really that simple, but do you know what I'm saying? It doesn't have to be um, one of the big five. It, it can be something like um, my refrigerator is breaking down, but I'm afraid to go buy a new refrigerator because what if, you know, and, and that to some other people could be a massive thing. I'm trying to think of something small, but I, it could be looking at who am I? And trying to answer that question, who am I? It doesn't have to be something that is a life or death, I guess, is where I'm going. But it can feel like that. The smallest fear can feel like life or death. So how do you guide somebody through that? Because it's not, for a lot of people, they pulling that out of themselves when they're sitting alone, if they don't have access to a you or me, which is why I do this show, right? To give people access. <laughs> no, I love it. I love it. And um, I love the question because it's the little things that trip us up. It's not usually, you know, something, it's amazing how men and women will step up to the plate on something that is quite large and a life challenging situation. And they step up and they get through it. 
it's the little things that trip us up, like you were just saying. And I can, I can remember just like two months ago, you know, my dryer was having problems where I knew it was on the way out. Like you were saying, an appliance. And I'm thinking, oh man, this is not the time. And I won't be able to get a new one in here. No one's delivering appliance. I'm in California. Um, it's extremely uh, strict here right now. We're in a, a, a much more serious um, lockdown than than some places might maybe, and so we have a huge population. So I knew that we probably I wouldn't be able to get the dryer, and I kept just trying to. It was that tipping point, like, oh man, I don't want to deal with this. And I literally would, you know, um, do everything I could to, you know, it stopped working. So I bang it with my fist and then I would take a bucket and hit it on top. I'm sure that really helped the dryer work. <laughs> and I would do stupid things like that. And I'm thinking, what am I, what am I wasting this time for? I'm just going to call and find someone to help me. And it did take quite a while to replace it, but it got done and I got, you know, the end of the world didn't happen and um, everything was fine, but it was, it was just aggravating. And you're right. It made me, I was, I was tripping over something small that I didn't need to trip over. But it seemed insurmountable at the time. And we have choices that we make when things seem insurmountable. Do we ignore them? Do we put them aside and say, we'll look at them tomorrow, which sometimes you need to do, or do we confront them head on? And like my, my washing machine broke during COVID. It was, oh my God. <laughs> it was leaking and I was freaking out because I've been dealing with a mold situation upstairs, which is why I'm still in my kitchen. And then I was like, no, it can't be leaking because then it's going to grow mold, right? And I finally got a repair guy out. And on the it's a front loader. And you know how the door goes in on a front loader? Well, yeah. at the bottom of that glass bubble that goes in, there was some hair and debris stuck at the bottom. So when it went in to the rubber gasket seal, it didn't seal all the way. And a little bit of the hairs stuck out because I'd been washing all this stuff that had been upstairs. So, you know, like, cause of the mold situation. So that caused the thing to not seal all the way. It was a minor thing minor. and it was under warranty. So, you know, but he literally, um, um, cleaned it and it stopped leaking. Yeah. But for weeks I'm ignoring. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I've done that so many times. I love that story. I love that story. And and sometimes we realize that it is a minor thing we can take care of. And um, yeah, I mean, isn't it funny? I think right now those kinds of things, I, I live in, at the beach in Southern California and, and all the properties here are very old. They're small and old. And, you know, I... I ignored for a couple of weeks. I knew there was water coming out of the wall on the patio and I thought it would be terrible. And I was so afraid there'd be some massive plumbing issue. And it just turned out that the, from the salt water here in the air, the faucet just needed to be replaced. I mean, that's all it was. So, but I gave my, I made myself all verklempt, as I say, as I was writing and, you know, worrying about it. So I think that's human and, and I think the cool thing is we can remind each other um, to give ourselves some grace and give ourselves some, 
you know, credit for all, that's what I mean, credit for all the wonderful things we do. This is life. It is a journey. We've had quite a, we have had one heck of a trip around the sun, Laura, this year. And it's been, that's all it is. That's all time is. That's all ages. How many times does the earth revolve around the sun? So we've made one trip around the sun <laughs> this year, and we're about to embark on another trip around the sun, and we'll see, you know, what happens. But if you have tools, I'm really proud that the book has, it's in its 36th printing, excuse me, it's in its 19th printing, my goodness, 19th wow. printing, and and that's, you know, and there's no expiration date on the information, and I'm very fortunate, you know, it took me seven years to write this book. Um, a lot of people don't know that it took seven years. And so it's, but it's the heart and soul of what I do. And so on that platform, I've been able to build, build, build. And that's something I'd recommend to your listeners that um, you find a platform. Some people call it a brand. Some people call it a personal mantra, philosophy, whatever it may be, and build on that. And, and you mentioned a word earlier when we were talking um, privately about the importance of consistency. I cannot underscore that word enough. Be consistent, whether it's your social media, writing your books, delivering your wonderful radio program and podcast. If you're consistent, People have a comfort. They know what to expect from you. Um, I do a program called 30 Seconds at the Beach. And, and I think the fact that it's become so popular in the past two years is because, number one, it's only 30 seconds. You don't have to listen. <laughs> I to love it, by the way. I do enjoy it very much. <laughs> That's it. 30 seconds and I'm out of there. But you get some little nugget of, of wisdom or guidance. And, you know, so you but it's consistent and i'm out um you know i'm it, now sometimes i may be sitting on the sand sometimes i may be on the surf sometimes i'm standing up but i'm here at channel islands beach and i've got 30 seconds i'm going to just share with you something that i think will help you know put legs under the stool and and help you that day and that's it. That's all I do. What I you know, and really, even with writing the books, you're so kind to talk about all the books I've written. Um, as I said to someone yesterday, he said, "Oh, wow, you know, you've written all these books, whatever." And I said, "You know, all I've really done, when you think about it, is string a lot of sentences together. I mean, really." That's all I've really done. So I hit all. And, oh, I'm laughing. Okay, and, sorry. And no, and that's, you know, I believe in the Einstein approach to learning and communication. And he was so adamant about simplifying things. And he wrote several books, actually, about how to simplify life because he was certainly this mathematical genius and we know all that and and you know the whole idea of um you know relativity and all the things that that he brought to us is why we have a cell phone it's why we have the streaming process it's without without his theory of relativity we would have we would have none of this there would yeah. be there would be no cell phones there would be nothing so it, but he talked about you take everybody should be able to understand. So 
people at the university when he was teaching would talk over the professors would get together and they were very full of themselves and they would stand around on campus and they would talk over other people's heads because that would make you feel lesser than it would make you feel small it would make you feel less smart and they would puff themselves up because they were smart intellectual professors and Einstein was known for he would be disgusted by that and he would simply walk away from the group he wouldn't say anything he'd just walk away and leave his colleagues standing there talking and he was the smartest one of all so he encouraged he believed everyone should be able to understand the most complex of issues and when you do that you bring people together so I love that approach. And that's what I've tried to do in Discover True North. Um, it's not a great work of literature. It is simply a discussion and observation with my reader. Well, I would, I would disagree with you because I have a different definition of what great literature is. <laughs> to me, great literature, great works like this are transformative right? They're the ones that get you thinking differently, that get you to connect to who you are, that take you outside your own human condition. And your books do do that, Anne. So Thank you. Um, I appreciate I, you being humble and stuff, but your books, your books do do that. Thank you. Your conversation about Einstein, I'm a huge Einstein fan, by the way. I don't know if you ever knew that, but I, I refer to Einstein all the time in the work that I do. Wow. So, I didn't know that. Yeah, we'll have to have an Einstein conversation. Yeah. One day. <laughs> but that led me to to something else that you talk about in in this book that I'd like to sort of go down that rabbit hole a little bit to help my listeners find their own true north as they're going into it. And by the way, everybody, you can, this book is available wherever books are sold. As Anne said, it's in the 19th printing. I've had this copy since 2013. So um, it, it's amazing. It's as in good a condition it is, but it's because I'm, I'm not writing into my copy. I write in journals and stuff. Oh, right. But you talk about competencies versus vocational callings. Mm -hmm. And, you know, Einstein knew what his competencies were, and he knew what his vocational callings were, but he also knew where his focus needed to be, but how those other things could assist his brain to work the way they are. I feel like there are people out there, I know this from working with one-on-one -on -one clients to help them discover things, but, and take their businesses to other levels, but well, I'm competent at this, you know, I'm really good at math or um, I'll use myself as a guinea pig. Okay. Why don't we, why don't we do that? Anne? So my listeners know, well, most of them do. If you're new, you're about to learn something new. I'm a geek, right? I prefer the term intellectual badass, but I'm a geek. <laughs> and some people say a nerd, whatever. I embrace full on geekdom, meaning computer science degrees, the whole bit. I owned a technology services company for 15 years before I sold it, a multi-state company. When I sold that company and my contract ended with the company that bought it, I decided I was going to write a book, What Would a Wise Woman Do?, and do consulting and some other things, do keynote speaking. You know, I did all that. But 
what sat in the back of my mind, I'm not going to call it imposter syndrome. It was in its own way. But this idea of, I have all these degrees in technology, all these high level certifications. I mean, I literally taught geeks to be geekier. That was one of the things I did, right? Master level instructor certifications. Right. But yet, and I have a master's in management too, right? But I kept thinking that my competencies or what I had defined as my competencies didn't translate into what I felt was another level of my calling. Even though I spoke all the time, I wrote a newspaper column on business and technology, in my head, I couldn't figure out how to accept it. I think honestly, and I'll tell you straight out, there's still a part of me that struggles with it. So how, what can you give to my listeners to help them and me even figure that piece out? <laughs> Cause I yeah, just got this a, but I don't have it yet. <laughs> no, that's a, and that's a, that's a big question. I think it's very individual. I love your story. I love your honesty about, um, you know, the competency, but the calling there, they are different. I, I say in the book, um, you know, people say, Oh, it's my, this is my calling. It's my calling. Well, I always, you know, my question is who, who's doing the, <laughs> who's doing the calling? Who, who's calling you? <laughs> what, what are we doing here? I, cause I grew up in that time too, where, um, you know, people would have callings, whether they went into the priesthood or different. And I always was very, I found that real interesting the way that happened, but, but the, the expression or the 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 teaching moment and and line that I often share with um, my own students or in seminars or speeches is that you know get out of your head that you can you can be anything you want to be you can do anything you want to do I mean we're in America you can be anything you want to be now I think I'm the queen of positivity and and good you know thoughts become things and I believe all that. But I do not believe that. I don't believe anybody can become anything or they can do whatever they want. I believe that if you believe something you can manifest it but that in order to do certain things your true desire whatever there must be competency to do and carry out that wish. So my personal quick example is I was very fortunate to work um, with the women astronauts at NASA. Uh, I've crawled around in my fair share of, uh, of rockets and space shuttles and so forth and spent a good deal of time at Mission Control in Houston. And I always said I would love, and I went out, actually, I was involved with the recruitment of women astronauts and astronauts of color and ethnicity. Um, to a certain I did not know that about you. Yeah, yeah. I was very fortunate. Um, and a friend of mine, Judy Resnick, who was on the Space Shuttle Challenger, um, I watched her blow up. I watched her on that mm -hmm. space shuttle that day. I worked with her. I have pictures of she and I in mission control. And she was very intuitive as a scientist. I mean, believe me, they are so, so brilliant. 
I remember being alone with her one day in mission control. And I said, Judy, are you afraid? She was getting ready to go, you know, on the mission. And yeah. I said to her, are you ever afraid? And she looked straight at me, this 28 year old, just brilliant young doctor. And she said, I am afraid that if something ever happened in her term, real time, we wouldn't be able to recover quick enough. And I'll never forget her telling me that. Um, and I never really thought about that term real time. It's kind of a pilot thing and uh, the way they talk like that. And so my, the whole idea was, I said, I remember saying to my daughter, you know, oh, if I could do anything in the world, I would love to be a United States astronaut. Okay, that's great. And I wrote the book on what you can do and all that. But the bottom line is, there's no way that could have happened for me. I didn't have the education. I did not have the competency, the scientific competency it requires to do that job. And I was... I watched them in training. I saw what they, I didn't have those things, nor was I likely to be able to do them. It was outside of my scope of competency. Um, I'm a writer. I'm, I know what I do well. So my advice to people is find what you do really well because you will excel at that and you will enjoy it. You'll never have to take a vacation because you'll always be on vacation. Um, and if I tried to be an astronaut, I would have set myself up for miserable failure and, and disappointment. But it, I would have loved to have done it, but I did not have the competency. So that's where the two, I think, when we find what we're really good at. And then what happens, people screw themselves up because they find, they know what they really want to do. Let's say writing. Everybody I know wants to write a book. So, I mean, it's like, and that's wonderful. I encourage writers and years and years and years go by and they're still talking, talking, talking about writing the book. It's like, sit down and write the darn book. Um, and it's that fear it won't get published. It won't be good enough. It, right. No one's going to like it. I'll be subject to criticism. So, so they're stopping themselves before yeah. they even got it started. Yeah. Because they don't feel they have the competencies or something else. That's reject. I think rejection and failure. I mean, it, well, I think, yeah, I think rejection and failure. And if it's not rejection and failure, then it's rejection and success. Okay. So I've had one successful book. If I write another one, Elizabeth Gilbert was like that when she did Eat, Pray, Love. Her publisher, I mean, they had to beat that poor woman with a stick to get her to write another book. Yeah. And it was a flop. Her second book was a flop. The first one was a huge success and they made a movie out of it. But she's written so much more since then. And I, I mean, I've written 25 books and I've had some not do very well either. Maybe they're flops. I don't know. But Mark Cuban says this. Mark, I love, you know, I'm a big fan of Shark Tank. I've had the opportunity to do, you know, I do a lot of work in the entertainment industry. And he always says the same thing. It just takes one, just one success, one thing, one book that you publish, one opportunity. You don't need to have thousands of followers or people. It just And that's why when I go out to the beach and I do my social media, I'm not looking for numbers. I'm looking 
for the one person who hears me that day or reads my post and feels some transformation. If I can do that and I help that person discover their true north, what happens to me here in Southern California ripples across the entire world and affects someone in it could be South Africa or in Germany or in San Francisco or in New Zealand. And I know the power of that. And that's why thoughts become things. If you would, you've got to, everything, you don't have to say it. If you think it, you're affecting someone. I'm affecting you right, right now and you're affecting me. Right. Absolutely. And because you know what your competencies are and they were not to become an astronaut, they were to take your life in another direction. I want to give a shout out to Jeff Holman, who's watching the show today. And he posted some comments on, on social as you were talking about Judith Resnick from The Challenger. He also had a friend, um, Ron McNair, who he went to school with at MIT that was on that shuttle as well. So just want to give a shout wow. out. To, and to who, and who is that gentleman? Who, who Jeff Holman. Jeff. Jeffrey Holman. Jeff, God bless you. I know you have lots of, lots of um, good memories, and I and, and I hold on to that extraordinary kind of spirit. That's what it's all about. It's this, you know, it's this huge spirit. Oh, and I have someone wrote me on my little iPhone here, wanting to know what your book is about. What your book is about? Oh, Laura. <laughs> well. And I, I really don't want to dive into this, but my my book is about questions. It's about the power of questions to change your life. That if you ask the right questions versus asking questions to get the answers that you want, right. how dramatically your life can change. Yes. And the book is called What Would a Wise Woman Do? Questions to Ask Along the Way. And for me, questions transform lives. Like inside your book. I love how many questions you have in here, Anne. And I want to dive into giving my listeners before the show ends today, what would you say for, if somebody hasn't gotten the book yet, right? And, and maybe right now, this moment, they can't even think of how to afford to buy the book, right? What one step can they take to sit down, get quiet, and do an exercise that can help them begin to see what their true north is. I highly recommend that you, wherever you are on this planet, whatever you subscribe to and believe in and practice in your heart, that you learn to, um, you can call it whatever you want to call it, be still, meditate. And learn the process of what I call calling in, calling in what you want in your life. Now, what does that mean? And I will tell you it works. I am the living example of that, proof of that. It can be a relationship. It can be the, the person you desire to be with. It can be the feelings you want to have. It can be the accomplishment of a, of a certain education, the transformation into a new career. And so you call, and that has to happen from meditation. You have to get really, and, and being still, if you don't want to use that word, um, and being mindful is another word. There's lots of words to use. You have to be very specific. So someone will say to me, oh, I did that, you know, I, you know, really focused on 
you know, having something this way and it never happened. So it didn't work for me, you know, and <laughs> sometimes the messages you get, and they're very clear, by the way, the messages you get are extremely clear, like a billboard in Times Square. And I'm from New York and I know a billboard. In Times Square. <laughs> <laughs> That's how specific it is. And sometimes those messages are not what you want to hear. It may be, <laughs> sorry, Anne, you're not going to make the best astronauts before you go down that path. You know, here's what you might want to consider. Sometimes it's not what we want to hear. And women in particular tend to ignore th that those messages. And then we can find ourselves. And, and that's because we're so heart-based. And, um, you know, again, we have different approaches for how we do this. So, I would just say, if you do that, learn the process. And I'm talking about calling in now in my new book. This is just the laminated. Right. Cover. This is the one that's coming out in February, right? Yeah. Discover True North Relationships. I always say, follow the heart right here. Okay. <laughs> the little heart right there in the middle. Right. And, um, and I talk about in the book, that is a huge part in the beginning, how to call in your desire. And Laura, I swear to you. It works. And the and the other issue that I see people have with it, it works. They get it and they don't know what to do with it. Okay. So for for the listeners who are not as comfortable, right? They may be a little more right brain versus left brain or soul brained, right? Um, you have a number of exercises in the book yeah. that guide people through the process of how to begin listening to yourself. But beyond that, it's, you know, like I told, I, we talked about at the beginning, the profile and courage, but there's another, and that's right here on this page here that I've got dog-eared, the, you know, your most courageous moments. But then there's other things around integrity, values, relationship building, listening, where you actually tell people, write down the names, write down your own personal board of directors. Think about, have you, I love this question, have you experienced a time when forcing things to move more quickly affected the ultimate outcome of a situation? Would the same results have occurred if events had been left to unfold naturally? To me, COVID, escalated change. COVID didn't change anything that wasn't really already changing. It was stuff we already saw happening, but it literally took it and whammied it. It gave it warp speed, going back to the whole astronaut conversation, my geek conversation. It took things that we maybe didn't want to have happen and made them forefront. People had to pause because a lot of them lost their jobs or were furloughed for a time period. So they had to pause. That was terrible. I know. Is there any one thing, one thing that from inside this book that is in the 19th printing, from the work you've done, any one question that you, that you ask yourself, every quarter, every year, every so many years that helps you align with your true north? 
That's a, that is a very deep question for, I think it's different for everyone. Um, I always want to know how best to align with love. I personally believe that God is love, love is everything, and that is not a mushy thing I'm saying. It, it's, it, is, it is the power of that and how we align with it as we grow older and change, and we're an example to our children and our families, our friends. How do I align with that um, and globally? Because that's that's quite important to me. I see I see everyone, the globe. I don't just see my area, Ventura, California. I see you know the entire part of it. How do I do that? So that's what I ask myself. I am every day. I try to calibrate, and that's what Discover True North does. It helps you calibrate that inner compass, and you remember that thoughts become things keep moving forward. And, and positivity is not the answer. It's a word, I mean, I like positivity, um, but that can be overused and misused. And not. In some days, I don't feel, you know, oh, yippee, yippee, you know, I'm so positive today. Not at all. I'm a human like everyone else. And um, so that word positivity, I don't use a lot. Um, I just try to find alignment and it's through love for me and it's something I try to practice and kindness and then um, allow organically things to transform whether it's me as a person whether it's my brain my body my relationships my writing expertise um, my relationships and friendships so that's I let I stopped trying to take control of all that, Laura. I, I, I know, I know that when I call in and I get, I get information. I do something with it. I just do. That's all I do. And just be true to yourself. How are you? Are you being true to yourself, or are you lying to yourself? We lie to ourselves about a lot of things because it takes away pain. Mm-hmm. And I understand that. So I've had. A, I'm human too. I have had to work on that. How can I be more true to myself? And just don't compare yourself to anyone else, another writer. And I admire all the writers. I, you know, I coach writers, I coach speakers and I admire, I learn so much from them. I learn far more from them than they ever learned from me. And, and that has, that's exciting. I mean, that's exciting to me. I, I love a question you you mentioned in that beautiful stream, how can I be more true to myself? I feel like that's probably a question you ask yourself a lot. How can I be more true to myself? Constantly clearing through all the things that try to pull us away. How can I be more true to myself? And um, as we're getting ready to close up the show, I can hear in my head and I want to thank Joe Serio for your comments as well, and Jeff for some book recommendations and other things you guys have posted. Um, people are thinking maybe it's too late to find their true north. That they've been, you know, I'm 57. I've gone through many reinventions of myself, but I know that there are listeners out there that are saying it's too late for me. Yeah. What do you say to that? <laughs> 
Uh, you carry your age in your heart. You carry your age in your heart. It is a matter of when you were presented in this world at this time, for whatever reasons, whatever that age is only how many times the earth revolves around the sun. That is all it is. It's a number about how many times the earth revolves around the sun. Now, if you want to sit there all day and count how many times that's going around the sun and, and, and subscribe to societal, um, you know, pressures and, you know, be part of that. I, I know people who are um, vibrant young people who get caught up in some mindset that makes them appear quite older or infirmed. And then I see people who are older who have a mindset of youth and vitality and contribution and continuing to sharpen their saw and learn. And, um, and so again, that's how I see it. You carry it in your heart and it says a lot about what's in your heart. And so as long as you can share the best of you, as you just said, be true to yourself, share the best of Lara, share the best of Anne, that's what that's what will shine a light on everything else people do. And you will become, you know, it's sort of like in relationships. I write about this in Discover True North Relationships. Um, you know, the Afro, the greatest aphrodisiacs are, it's not youth and a hard body and you, you know, although those are superficial. They come, they go. It's, right. it's energy and self-confidence. And when you have confidence in yourself and you have a certain kind of energy you project that you are projecting that out and when that happens you're able to call and I show in the book how to do this how yeah you lay it out it's a beautiful process throughout the whole book thank you thank you yeah and the new one too will be in focused on relationships of all kinds no matter what your uh, preferences or your relationship doesn't matter it's just relationships and and um, when you do that, you you call in the things, but the most attractive, but it ha what's the attraction? The attraction is energy and self-confidence. And when you have that, people want to be around it. It's magnetic. You know, it pulls people closer to you. And and that's a good thing. And then you you shine that on other people and hopefully they they take that forward. Well, I want to thank you for being here with me today, Anne, to end the new year of the, to end 2020's shows with me. And um, what is the best way? Because lots of comments coming in now too. Eva, inspirational, took a few nuggets from this. Um, time well spent. Uh, Michelle McBain, great interview. Thanks for joining us, all of you here. And I'm loving this new platform because it gives us some interactivity, easier to see. But what are the best ways for people to get in touch with you? I know this book, Discover True North, it says a four-week approach, but Anne says right in the book, you know, if it takes you longer, it's fine. It's yeah. okay. Yeah. Uh, how do they find you? Get your books, 25 books, 36 languages. <laughs> um, Amazon's got the best pricing. So just go to Amazon and get it. It's the best pricing. Um, and you can get Discover True North on there, you know, today on Amazon.com. And and to reach me, I'm I'm all over social media. I'm on all the major platforms. All you have to do is DM me. Um, I, you know, 
I do speaker coaching and, and author coaching and, um, I have my own publishing imprint and help people publish. And so feel free to reach out if you think that's something that you're interested in doing. And that's, um, that's how to reach me. And just annbruce.com is my website, but just feel free to, to, it's really just a landing page. It's very simple so that you can find me, but I'm all over social media. <clears throat> I will always respond to you. Excuse me. <clears throat> I was always respond to you. Um, and it may take me a day or two, depending on what's going on with my schedule, but I, I respond to everyone. And so, um, and anybody who ever writes me about my book, I respond to everyone because, you know, that's the, that's who you are. I would be a hypocrite if I didn't do that. I mean, yeah, it, yeah does it take time? You bet it does. But um, I'm the benefactor of wonderful um, love from so many people. And I thank everyone. I thank you, Laura. I'm a fan of yours. I love your book. It's on my bookshelf. Um, I'm a fan. I appreciate what you're doing. You're spreading. You are spreading this Discover True North message um, through this magnificent media forum. Um, I'm forever a fan of yours. And so you. you reach out to me. I'm here for you. And I hope to join you again, maybe in 2021. Yeah, let's take the conversation to a, a whole nother level as well. I mean, I just, I love this conversation about alignment, about, you know, it doesn't have to be what you were or who you thought you were. Find out who you are. And and that, if if my listeners today took that from the show, as there are tools out there to help you find who you are. There are people out there because who you are, you knew who you are when you were born and somewhere along the way, the world kind of got its grip on us. <laughs> Every, everyone. Yeah. And we have a, a large homeless population here in Southern California, which is quite heart wrenching. And every time, you know, if I drive up to the stop light and there's someone there and um, they're in need, the first thing I think when I look at that person, first of all, I always say, God bless you in my head to that person. And then I think that's someone's baby. That was someone's yeah. baby. What happened? I mean, so as a society, we are all part, we are all one humanity. That's what I I say OH, one humanity. And so we're society and we are, it's incumbent upon us to feel for every single human being the best we can in any way we can. Yeah. Well, thank you for being on the show today. I'm very grateful. And I want to wish you a very blessed new year, Anne. And uh, I know we're going to be talking a lot more in 2021. And I know your new book is coming out, which is Discover True North Relationships. And that's in February. Correct? Yeah, we're shooting for the pre-sales in February for Valentine's Day. Okay, perfect. <laughs> so perfect. that'll be fun. <laughs> that will be so cool. That'll be so cool. So and thank, thank you. you so much. Thank, thank you. Thank you. All right, everybody, this conversation with Anne for me was so much fun because what I've learned from Anne, gosh, for as many years as I've known her, number one is consistency. And number two, this whole idea of how can I be more true to myself? And you may have noticed up in the upper corner on the screen here, there's this new logo. There's a yellow umbrella. It's all about the questions. I'm changing the logo for the show to reflect more of of who I am other than that that 
graphic that I used to use. And I want to thank Rob Actis and his group for creating that new logo because the right questions can change your life and questions can seem so overwhelming when there's so many of you. Use the show, use me and the conversations that I have with my guests like Ann Bruce today to help you protect yourself so that only the right questions come through when you're feeling like there's so much out there. At the end of the day, the right questions can change your life. So what are you asking today? Have a great end to 2020. Have a blessed 2021. I'll see you all here next week. Reach out to me anywhere on social media. Let me know what you think. Have a great day, everyone. You've been listening to It's All About the Questions, starring Laura Stewart. Connect with Laura at itsallaboutthequestions.com and download a free workbook that will help you ask better questions starting today.